Wow. Merry Christmas. What a great job. I think, you know, just the, the heart behind why we celebrate Christmas and the, the reason why we celebrate Christmas, sometimes we forget, but today that's what we're going to do is focus on why we celebrate Christmas. And I know you already heard it, but Merry Christmas. Uh, we're going to enjoy the rest of the season. It's a good season to be in. And we are kicking off a brand new series, How Christmas Changes Everything, because Christmas does before we jump into this morning's uh, message, I just want to give you a, a little bit of information about our concert coming up, the Katinas. Uh, it's actually all sold out, so if you did not get your tickets, then that's all. I know there were some online. Uh, we kept some online for the other churches, but I'm not sure if they still have that uh, online. Uh, but just some instructions, because it's uh, paid for in each seat, that it's a different setting than it's uh, like church. So it's more of a concert setting where outside is actually going to be fenced off so that those who have a ticket can come in and they'll get a wristband. So if you don't have a ticket, you're not able to enter the property or the area uh, that we're going to have concessions and all of that. So it's just a different setting. And if you didn't get your tickets, that's okay. We'll maybe have some others next time. Uh, and I know some of us, maybe we forgot or we thought we could get it later, but it just went that fast. So every seat will be taken. Some people are asking about child care. We will not have child care that night. Again, it's a different setting. It's more concert setting. Uh, and then every seat is paid for. Uh, some people ask, well, can I bring my baby? I, I would strongly recommend you not because the music is going to be super loud and their ears are very sensitive. We're old already, so our ears are you know, gone, so we'll be okay. But for the little ones, they're just too sensitive, and we wouldn't want that to happen also. So uh, if you want more information, you can go online, newhopehilo.org, and it'll give you the details uh, when the gates open and when we'll have dinner and all of that. Uh, come early because it's first come, first serve with your seats, and there's no saving seats. So you can't be putting your purse down, your, you know, your uh, papers and all of that. There, we will have people in here. Uh, to collect those things. So don't put things on the chair because then it's going to be collected. So don't, just remember that. Uh, and then we will have security outside just to keep everyone safe. Some people will say, well, can I park in the parking lot? No sense because you're not going to be able to hear anything. So uh, it's just a different setting. Uh, I just wanted to communicate that to you. It's going to be a great time, and it's so that our family and friends and loved ones can come to know Jesus Christ. That's why we're inviting people. And maybe that night they may not come to know Christ, but there's a seed that will be planted. And maybe through that, maybe one day they'll say yes to their Lord and Savior, and they'll find God. And so many people are searching. You and I were there at one point, but someone invested in us, and that's why we're holding this concert, okay? So you can jump online and get more information. Also, uh, we've been communicating about the different things that are happening here at New Hope and the staff changes and uh, coming into 2013. Uh, some time ago, I asked another person if they would pray about uh, overseeing a certain area in our church, and that had to do with uh, the, it's almost like, the, uh, like a marketing team director, someone who would be able to communicate what takes place here at New Hope to the congregation and the community uh, and worldwide with the website, but someone who would be able to do that. And so I asked uh, this person to pray, and they said they felt the Lord saying yes. And it was a battle 
because uh, she loves what she was doing, uh, but is so excited to jump on board next year. And that's Kat Kononui. And some of you might know her, but she's right here this morning. I'm going to ask Kat to come up this morning and introduce her to you. And so, uh, actually, Kat was on the video this morning uh, that she, was got, she got to share with us. But she'll be joining our staff come next year, January. I know she's so excited. So pray for her. Be nice to her. Uh, but she'll, she'll, she'll have fun. And um, uh, I, I just see God doing great things in this season and, and uh, many things that God is doing. But we're so thankful that you said yes and yes to the call. So can we say thank you to Kat? Thank you, Kat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can take out your bulletin, and we're going to be talking about how Christmas changes everything, because Christmas does. It's usually around this time of the year where a lot of business, businesses look forward to, because about 60 to 80% of the finances and the, uh, uh, the income that comes in for the entire year is usually during the Christmas season. So many people look forward to Christmas, and it changes everything. But Christmas is more than just a holiday. It has an eternal change attached to it. And through this series, we're going to learn the depth and true meaning of how Christmas changes everything and how it relates to our lives. When you think about Christmas and you think about the different decorations, and uh, that's what we did yesterday for our Spruce Up Day uh, we, we brought in these different decorations. Uh, they put Christmas trees up. And, and some people would say, but Christmas trees, what does that have to do with Jesus Christ? It's just decoration. We don't celebrate the day. We celebrate the person. Uh, I know some people had a difficult time because there are Christmas trees, but we don't, we don't worship the tree. We worship the Savior. This is just decorations. These things don't last. Sorry to say you invested in your Christmas tree. It's not going to last. Some of you have artificial ones. Someone donated an artificial one we have in our fellowship hall. That one will last, but even that will not outlast the Savior. So we look to Jesus Christ, not the decorations. It's just for decoration. It's like earrings. It's <laughs> the best way I can put it. But I think when we think about Christmas, then our, 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 our hearts become joyful. It brings people together. There's something about Christmas for some people, I know this may be the first Christmas without a loved one, and so it's, it's a, a mixed emotional time because of the person you miss. And so there's an adjustment that takes place during this season. But you'll see Christmas all over the place. You'll see the baby Jesus in a manger or the nativity scene. And it's one of the most recognized scenes that you'll see during this season. It'll be printed on material. It'll be in, in window displays. Uh, maybe even in your own home, on the mantle or somewhere. Uh, it'll even be seen in the media. But Christmas is more than just a baby in a manger. In fact, it is the most life-changing event that has ever taken place throughout our entire history. It is that single most event that reshaped history, not just for this world, but for eternity. That's what Christmas did. You see, babies have that effect on people. Babies... Babies change us. They do. Take a look at these pictures. Watch how your countenance change. It, it changes when you see these pictures. See? Even the most grouchiest person this morning is smiling right now. <laughs> Let's take a look at the next one. Yeah. See? Next one. Right? See? Even laughter. Next one. 
See? You say, oh, what a cute. And the next one. Oh, that's my grandchildren. <laughs> I said, hey, can you throw this one in there? But it does. At Christmas, uh, the baby, when you see a baby, it just changes everything. Just the smiles that the babies have, the innocence that the babies have, that, that, that fresh smell that a baby has. It's just, it, babies change us. When you have a baby, a brand new baby in the home, then before you would have glass tables, you would have ceramics out, you had all these things. But as the baby continues to grow up, so does everything else. You know, you push everything up. Your Christmas tree, it looks nice now. But when the baby starts moving around and starts taking off all the ornaments, your tree is barren on the bottom and the top has everything. We, even in our fellowship hall, the kids were playing with the ornaments. And so the parents had to come and say, hey, don't play with that. It just happens. Babies change us. Now, babies will change us for a certain season because they grow up. And then they grow into their own and then they can take care of themselves. And babies will change us for a season. But Jesus didn't come as a baby to change us for a season. He came to change us for all of eternity. He's more than a baby in a manger. He's so much more than that. See, babies will give us a temporary change. Jesus gives us a an eternal change. Babies will change us. You probably have said no more times when your baby was, you know, when, when your children were babies than you probably said no in your entire life <laughs> because they're learning. Babies change us. But Jesus wanted to do something eternal, and God had a plan in mind. And he set this plan in place. See, if we only see Jesus as a baby in a manger, we'll only change for a period of time. We'll only change during the Christmas season, but Jesus is more than a baby in a manger. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ is recorded in the Bible, and it's found in the book of Luke, chapter 2. And if you do have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, I'll read it to us. And it's in Luke, chapter 2. I'll read from verses 1 to about 20. And this is just a story of Luke he, he, he wanted to give an accurate account of what was taking place. And so he heard the story given to him, and, but he, as a historian, he wanted to make sure that everything was accurate. And so he passes this story on, and in Luke chapter 2, he gives an accurate account of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe 
wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard as it was told them. So you see the story that when Jesus came to this world, that all of heaven was rejoicing because they knew what was taking place. They knew that there was a plan for God to redeem us to be in a relationship with him. Otherwise, we would not get to know God. We would be lost without a savior. Now, Jesus never intended us to change for a period of time. He came to change us and to do something eternal. He's more than just a baby in a manger. The angel said, no, he, he's come to, I have come to, to bring you good tidings and great joy, to bring you peace. Now, it wasn't their words that brought that. It was the baby Jesus that brought that, that they knew that this, this child was going to change everything. Because Jesus came to bring us good news. That's why he came. The good news that we could be redeemed, ransomed, that we could be bought so that we could be in heaven with God for all of eternity. That there's something missing inside of us that we, we were separated from God because of our sin nature. And so we needed to come back to God. And so God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus came to do. See, Jesus, and you can write this in your first point, he is the bearer of good news. That's what he came to do. He's not just a baby in a manger. He's the bearer of good news. Now, his, his good news is not just for a certain period of time, for a certain group of people. It is for all people, for all time. Luke 2.10 says, that the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It's not excluded to a certain group of people. It's, it's for all people. He doesn't exclude anyone. He includes every single person. See, the good news that Jesus brings is, will bring us great joy. That's what he does. It's not just information or good advice it's actually good news and we need good news today it's not just for a certain period of time in your life and then back to the old life this is a life-changing event that took place that this good news of great joy is everlasting for our spruce up day yesterday we put up some uh, canvases in the fellowship on you can take a look but there's this scripture on it and it's isaiah 9 verse 6 it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Now, I grew up, when my, and my father left when I was about seven years old, and then he passed away when I was in the 11th grade. So I grew up without a father. Many of us may have had a, a, a distant relationship from our fathers, and, or maybe there was a situation that took place in our lives that we didn't have an everlasting father. And maybe some of us, you know, we still have our fathers, and there's a good relationship. Some of our fathers have passed on. But even in this world, our fathers are temporary. They parent us in this life. But God says, I am, I am going to send you Jesus Christ. I'm going to send you my son so that in this relationship with me, you will have an everlasting father. Not temporary, but everlasting. He doesn't just comfort you during Christmas or when your life is turned upside down. He's a father forever. It's every waking moment when you lost a loved one and then 10 years later you're thinking about them and you need comfort. He's everlasting. He doesn't go away. He still brings you comfort even after 10 years. It's, it's when you're struggling in your marriage and you bring strength for that season and wisdom. He'll bring it for the next 50 years. He's everlasting. He's not temporary. It's when someone says you're worthless and you can't because you're useless and God says you can and he brings the best out of you and he, he brings you out of a depressive state and he says you're useful and fit for a king. And then 20 years later, you still find your worth in him. He's everlasting. He's not a temporary father. It's when you've given him your all. You've given him your heart, your service, your finances, your whole entire life, your whole trust was put in him. Everything was was put into this thing called salvation and he saved you but then years down the road you struggle with insecurity he reminds you of how promising he is and that he is everlasting he doesn't go away when Heidi and I decided to get married it was because of the word of God and and what he spoke to us during a Sunday morning just like this and whenever we struggled we turned to him and he helped us and then as we're struggling we would get back to God and then we would come to a point where before we struggled, we would go to God. It became more of a relationship. This way, he wasn't doing repair work all our lives. Instead, he was fulfilling his promises with a purpose. Sometimes our life with Jesus is only about repair work rather than a personal relationship. We just go to him to fix things. But we never develop a relationship with him because how can you? It's like someone who calls you only when they need something from you. Hard to get to know them. Or if someone needs fixing and they call you and that's all you do is fix something. That's not that they're using you. It's just that's, if that's what the relationship is built on, you really can't get to know each other. But Jesus is more about a relationship. He's a personal savior. He's a, he's a very personal, intimate God. God wants to know us and us to know him. He wants us to be close He's not just the bringer or the bearer of good news. He's a personal savior. You can write that in number two if you're taking notes. He's a personal savior. He wants to get that close to us. You know, many of us have come to know Jesus. And we know a lot about him, but we have yet to come to know him as our personal savior. In a relationship with him. See, there is a difference between having a lifeguard on shore and a lifeguard swimming right next to you. The lifeguard on shore, it gives you some security. You say, oh, I can ride these big waves. I can swim here. I'm okay because the lifeguard is down there. But he will not swim out to you until you start drowning. 
if you have a lifeguard right next to you, they will save you before you start drowning because they know what the signs of you about to give up or the signs when you're just about to go under look like. So they're able to help before you drown. That's what Jesus came to do. He's our personal Savior. When we recognize him as our personal Lord and Savior, it's not about him being on shore and us feeling confident that, oh, he's there. Many of us find security in that, that I know Jesus, I know about him. I come to church, I know about him, and I know where to find him. I can pray to him. I know where he is every time. But we follow him at a distance, and we're comfortable with that. But when he's our personal Savior, we're more secure. We're more confident. And we get to know Christ as our personal Savior. See, when we recognize him as our personal Savior, our Lord and Savior, we find confidence in him. We have someone by our side at all times to help us before we drown. In other words, we're building a relationship with him. It says it this way in, in Luke 2.11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So not only does Luke identify who this person is, but he says he's been born to you. In some translations, it says for you. In other words, Jesus was born to you and for you. There's a personal relationship there. He's not just a distant Savior, but he's someone who wants to be near. Just like anybody who loves someone, you don't want to be distant from them. You want to be near to them. You want to be close by. That's what Jesus wants to do. See, everybody has a Savior. Every single person has some kind of Savior. For some of us, money is our Savior. Our job is our Savior. Possessions is our Savior. Uh, whatever it is that we turn to can be our Savior. For some people, we, when we're stressing out, we turn to certain things or an addiction that we have or drugs or alcohol, and that's our Savior, small s. And we turn to that because it brings us comfort. But still, that's temporary. Some of us find uh, comfort in going to the beach or whatever it would be to relax, and we find that that saves us from certain things, but even that doesn't last. Jesus is the only one that, that saves us from every situation. That's why he's called the Savior. In other words, here's what happened. While we were swimming ready to drown, where we're in that state, we didn't swim to the lifeguard to be saved. The lifeguard swam to us, saved us, and stayed right by our side and said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In other words, he's saying, do not be afraid to swim again because I'm right here by your side. Do not be afraid to live. Do not be afraid to love do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm right here by your side. He's a personal Savior. He came to us before we ever even thought about him. He's our personal Savior. See, there are two different kinds of Saviors, one that is for you and one who is against you. Jesus is the kind of Savior that is for you. That's the kind of Savior he is. Ephesians 2, 14 through 17, it says, For Christ himself has brought, us, has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles. The Jews were the chosen ones that God chose as a, as a nation to represent him. 
So when people looked at the Jews, they said, that's, that's the love of God. That's who he used. The Gentiles were everyone else. And so he said, he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. There are two groups of people that we find in this world. And he said, I united the two. For some of us, that's where we are in certain relationships or maybe even in our families. That Christmas brings people together. It's not the actual holiday. It's a spirit. It's the spirit of the living God that says, I'm going to bring everyone together. Yeah, but we don't get along with each other. I'm still going to put you in the same room. You're just going to have to figure it out. I'm bringing you together. I broke down the walls of hostility. That's what he said. That's what Christmas does. It brings people together. Why? Because it's the spirit of God. He's saying, I'm bringing everyone together. Mother and daughter, father and son. Mother and son, father and daughter, sister and brother, husband and wife, even in-laws he'll bring in and together. He's able to do that. He broke down the walls of hostility. See, we were far from the lifeguard, but he swam to us. He says, I'm bringing everyone together. And I'm, I, I swam to you so that I could shine into your life in the most darkest areas. And you might think, why, why would I need, why do I need him to shine in my life? What dark areas? I don't have any darkness in my life. But that's what he came to do. He shines into the most darkest parts of our lives for a reason. And you can write in your last point that he shines into the darkest areas of my life. That's what he does. And it's amazing how he does this. He shines into the darkest areas of my life. Now, why would he have to do that? Why does he need to shine into our lives? Well, Luke 2.32 says that he is a light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. You know why he shines light into the darkest areas of our lives? To reveal God to us. We cannot get to know God without Jesus Christ revealing God to us. If he does not shine light into our lives, we won't get to know God. We will never get to know God in all of his glory without Jesus Christ. That's why we need him. I was talking to someone the other day, and we were, we were sharing of, of our lives on how we used to be before we came to know Christ. And we were laughing and joking about, oh, man, I remember this. I remember doing this. And, and, but at that time when we were in that season, we never knew we were in that season. But we look back at those times and we say, boy, what a dark time. What a dark time of life that we never knew we were in that season. We never knew how bad it was. We never knew how horrible it was until we heard good news. See, if you're in bad news so long, you get used to bad news that you find good news from bad news. And we start saying, well, at least I'm not like so-and-so. Yeah, things are messed up in my life, but at least I'm not like that guy or that girl. 
At least we're not like that family. Yeah, we turn good news from bad news in bad news. And we're okay with that. We say, no, I'm fine with that. Why would I need good news? Because the good news that Jesus brings brings great joy. That's what he came to bring. And so he reveals God to us. Without Jesus, you will not know how good life can be. We get used to the darkness. We love the darkness. Our, our perspectives get immune to the darkness. And we're okay with that. It's like, let me rewind the tape for us. Okay, let's rewind the tape to high school dance. Rewind the tape. Rewind, 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 rewind. Keep going. For some of you, you got DVD. Just skip to the beginning. All the way back to high school days. Or some of you, maybe when you're at the clubs. Okay, it's dark. It's dark. Got the lights going on and everything. And, and it's, it's dark in there. But you start to adjust to the dark. And everybody's dancing. Everybody's having fun. And, and then you start sweating. And everybody's all hot and sweating. And your hair is all messed up. Took you four hours to get ready. Now you're all messed up. And everybody is just sweating. Nobody cares. Why? Because it's dark. And then some bright idea person turns on the light. And everybody's like, ah! Everybody's running away. All the ladies' makeup, mascara running down, blush gone, eyelash hanging. Guy's shirt's all ripped open, hair, chest all hanging out, and hair all messed up. And then everybody's scrambling, trying to look good. Women run to the bathroom to make themselves look good. Why? Because the light was turned on, and now we see how we really look. Now, Jesus doesn't show us the light and turn on the light so we see how bad we look. He shines the light so we can see the potential in how great life can be. He doesn't show us our flaws so that we say, oh, here's my mistakes, here's my past, here's what. He says, no, 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 I'm shining the light so you can see your future and the potential future. You think you're okay here and you're satisfied with life here. You're not satisfied. You just got immune to what life brings. But I have a, a greater life for you. And so he brings us the light. He shows us the light so that we can see how we can be. It says in John 12, 46, it says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. He's the light. And I pray that today we would, we would see Jesus more than just a baby in a manger, but that we would see him as our Lord and our Savior, the one who shines light in such a way that, that he becomes our personal Lord and Savior. He brings us good news. Draw close to him. And during this season, you're going to see how Christ changes everything. Amen. And close your Bibles. Put away your notes. In fact, I want you to take this out of the bulletin. There's a card in there. And it's just, there's a lot of information on here that will help us during this Christmas season. And there's some time changes on the back. So pay attention to this. Otherwise, you're going to show up when you shouldn't. And you're not going to show up when you should. So take a look at this and pay attention to the different changes and the different things coming up. But also, not just for us. But we have more at our information center that you can take and, and hand them out to your family and friends. And maybe, maybe for them, 
they're used to living a certain way and we're not there to condemn them or to say, you know, you need to come to church because you're messed up. You know, the pastor talked about clubbing or something and now you need the light and you, your eyelash falling. It's, what we're saying is there's, there's hope and we want to invite people. And some people will say, oh, but I'm attending this church. That's fine. But there may be some people that, that need to know that there's hope. And even if they don't show up, maybe this is a seed that will be planted and maybe someone else will come along and maybe later down the road they'll finally say, you know, I, I need to come to know Christ. And so take this, use this with a purpose. Don't just let it get tossed around. Use it with a purpose. And then many people will come to know him. See, God so loved the world that he gave, the, he gave us his one and only son. And anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We're going to close in prayer, so I'm going to ask if you'd bow your heads with me and then we'll conclude. Heavenly Father, as we pray together, I, I thank you for this congregation, the people, Lord, that are gathered here today and just everything that you're doing in and through the people. Lord, I know there's many people that have yet to come to know you. And that's why we have these invitations and that's why we do what we do so that not only do we get to know you, but, but you came for all people and that they too would one day see you as their God. We all need a Savior. You're the only one that saves us, not just in this life, but for all of eternity. We turn our hearts to you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen.